Hey everyone, my name is Devin Donahue and I go to the University of Maine in Farmington. So today, for this podcast, I'm going to be talking about the seven dimensions of health, three diseases or disabilities, and exercise prescription for rheumatoid arthritis based on the seven dimensions of health and the research that was found. So I researched three diseases or disabilities. They were type 2 diabetes, cerebral palsy, and rheumatoid arthritis. My first step was researching the disease or disabilities effects on the seven dimensions of health. What are the seven dimensions of health, you ask? Well, the seven dimensions of health are mental, social, spiritual, financial, environmental, occupational, and physical. Once I found all the information I needed, I was able to conclude how each of these conditions affects all areas of your health. I use this to create an appropriate exercise program for an individual with any of these conditions or diseases. Not only does this exercise program look to better an individual's physical health, but to better their seven dimensions of health as well. If an individual has all the support they need in all areas of their health and life, they are more likely to participate in physical activity and perform healthy behaviors. Now for the last part of this podcast and project, I dug deeper into rheumatoid arthritis. I created a workout program that takes into consideration all seven dimensions of health and how it is affected by rheumatoid arthritis. During my creation of this exercise program and my research, I considered an intervention plan for individuals who smoke cigarettes. This was created to help show people how a negative behavior like smoking can affect diseases or disabilities as well as your seven dimensions of health. It's all intertwined, and you're going to find out why. In my research, I found a correlation between smoking and rheumatoid arthritis. This project, or podcast, was created to help individuals with diseases or disabilities participate in physical activity, increase their seven dimensions of health, and replace negative behaviors with positive ones. Now first, we're going to talk about type 2 diabetes. Type 2 diabetes prevalence is climbing all over the world. Type 2 diabetes has been predicted to double around the world from 171 million in the year 2000 to an estimated 366 million in the year 2030. Diabetes has been considered one of the most psychologically demanding diseases you can have. This is because almost all the treatment comes from the individual with the disease. This is why having a good, solid foundation of health in all seven dimensions is very important when having this disease. Type 2 diabetes has a direct connection to overall mental health. Mental health and self-efficacy have a direct correlation to self-management of the disease. Poor mental health of this disease can include depression, anxiousness, isolation, poor time management, and participation in checkups and screenings. That doesn't sound too good for managing type 2 diabetes since 95% of it is in your control and management. These feelings will overall affect how you control the disease and will also help patients lower self-efficacy than adults with the disease. Due to diabetic complications, it was reported that when adults have more social support from family members and friends, they were likely to participate in physical activity. See, another aspect of health which is important. The environment can be a considerable influence when it comes to being physically active. How close you are to exercise facilities, grocery stores, parks, even places to walk safely and be physically active. If you don't feel safe, you're not going to go be physically active outdoors. 
Next is financial. The total economic cost in 2007 for type 2 diabetes was $174 billion. In 2012, it was $245 billion. So it's just going up and up. So clearly people with type 2 diabetes have a financial burden on them. As you can see from what I just brushed up upon, type 2 diabetes definitely affects all seven layers of your health. It is very important to understand how they affect them and how you can manage them. Next, we're going to be talking about cerebral palsy. Cerebral palsy is the underlying cause of the most common case when it comes to children with physical disabilities. Children that experience cerebral palsy have an extreme decrease in motor function and their ability to control it. Having this disease socially as a child can be very hard due to the disease's ability to cause impairments in physical activity, movement, and your ability to learn and, rec and participate in recreational activities. Cerebral palsy is a major effect on children who are diagnosed with the disease. Some of these children have a hard time putting on their clothes, eating, and even moving around. They need to be assisted and helped with everything that they do. Obviously, that's going to have a major effect on their emotional, mental, physical, all seven layers of health. The dimensions of health are going to be infected just because they can't do it themselves. It's going to make them feel more depressed. It's going to make them feel anxious. It's going to make them feel socially isolated. It's just not good. <clears throat> this will also impact how they feel spiritually and that they feel like they are part of something bigger. Being involved spiritually and feeling that you're part of something bigger will give the individual more motivation and self-efficacy to help him or her perform and practice the behavior they are trying to master. It may also help with anxiety and depression because you're a part of something bigger than yourself. We all know that the layers of health are intertwined, so if one layer is suffering, then the others are going to as well. Since being physically active with this disease is very hard, you're going to see a decline in mental health as well. Children with this disease also have a hard time playing with other children, therefore they're less social, and due to them not being able to be physically active, as other children are sometimes left out. This has a huge impact on their social well-being and health because you know that humans are social creatures, especially children. That's going to make them more depressed and more anxious if they can't be social. Children love to be social and physically active. <laughs> they need an outlet to be physically active and a social connection with, their, with other kids so they can grow. Kids and children or even young adults with this disease have an extremely hard time with motor functioning and often will be left behind while playing with other children because they cannot do the same thing that the other children can do. This is going to make them feel left out. <laughs> this affects their social health and then in turn will affect their mental health as well as their physical health. It is a vicious cycle. If one layer of health is affected, they all are affected. Now we're going to move off to the financial costs of cerebral palsy. The cost of cerebral palsy <clears throat> care mainly depends on the child and what the treatment is that they need. The average cost of a child with cerebral palsy is $921,000, while a child who has cerebral palsy with intellectual disabilities will cost more than a million dollars in treatment costs on average. The cost of treatment is lifelong and not an annual cost. On the other hand, if a child needs care for vision impairment, that costs an average of 601000 while treatment for hearing loss costs an average of 301000 So if they have all these disabilities on top of their cerebral palsy, it's going to be a big financial burden for them and their families. Since children with this condition can't perform physical, 
labor type jobs. And if they do, it's with supervision. They're very basic jobs. Families with two parents working are clearly better off paying for treatment than home with one parent or a parent with a low paying job. Depending on the job and the parent, their ability to pay for treatment will depend on that job. See, more financial burden. <clears throat> Jobs and treatment also depend on the environment that the family is in as well as the pa uh, patient or child with a disability. Low-income low areas have less resources to offer, like outside access that's safe, treatment, and especially if you have to transport to the treatment. These low-income areas are also mostly have access to only fast food restaurants and gas stations. This will not allow for healthy nutritional options. See, the environment can play a big role in your seven dimensions of health. You won't have access to proper food. You may not have access to be able to be physically active outside and feel safe. You may not have transportation. That's why it's always important to always look at all the dimensions of health and how it is affecting you. <clears throat> Since we brushed up on that, we're now going to remove to rheumatoid arthritis. So rheumatoid arthritis, it's a disability. <clears throat> disabling disease that is very costly in the healthcare system as well as to the patient themselves. RA does not only affect the patient financially but socially as well. Due to arthritis being a disabling disease that causes pain in the joints and makes it hard to move around and encounter social situations. This means spending less time with friends and family and even going out to events. In return, not being able to be as social as one used to without this disease the social implications will start affecting your mental and emotional health due to loss of connection with others. People with this disease will most likely start to feel depressed, lonely, helpless, because they feel like a former version of themselves because they cannot do the things that they used to. There is also a reduced opportunity for the individual with RA to be able to participate in physical activities outdoors. Since rheumatoid arthritis is a very debilitating disease that affects your joints and causes pain, and detrimental effects on all aspects of your health, socially you are more withdrawn from people than you have been before you were, um, <clears throat> and then so you're feeling more socially isolated. Not being able to be socially active is going to affect your mental and emotional health as well because you are going to be missing the same emotional connection you had with others when you were more socially active. Since rheumatoid arthritis is a debil debilitating disease, individuals with this disease are not going to be able to work if they do, it's going to be extremely light work, like cleaning. They can take part in work that is a short duration and not very strenuous, so no work that requires a lot of movement and physical activity. Being physical activity is important for people with this disease, but they need low-impact physical activity, like going for a small walk, and not being able to participate in vigorous um, <clears throat> physical activity and having an occupational career of their choice is going to affect their spiritual health as well. They're not going to feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves and this will make them feel small. Everyone needs something they can join or do that is bigger than themselves and that makes them feel better on a spiritual level. Their overall health will start to deteriorate due to the lack of fulfillment in their own aspects of health. As you can see from what I just said, all seven dimensions of health play into each other. If one <clears throat> is at fault, then the rest are going to be. That's why, in, in, ugh, that's why it is important to focus on all aspects of your health. Now we're going to talk about the cost. 2005, rheumatoid arthritis costs the United States an estimated $19.3 billion yearly. The overall cost for medications associated with RA was $52 billion in 2018 and increased from $41 billion in early years. Clearly, rheumatoid arthritis is a big financial cost. And how are you going to fix that financial burden? 
if their health is low, if they aren't happy, they're not being social, they're not being physically active, they're not going to be the best versions of themselves, and they're just going to keep going down a hill in a slump in a slump. Next, we're going to be talking about the cigarettes effect on RA and coping mechanisms for that. I thought it would be important to talk about <clears throat> cigarette smoking, because that is very common in a lot of people, and maybe people don't really like think about how it affects their disease how it makes their disease worse, and if they didn't do that, they would feel better, they would be able to control their disease better, they'd be able to be more physically active, they'd have better social health, because they'd feel better, they'd go places, they'd have better mental health, they'd be less depressed, so I thought it'd be very important to touch on a negative behavior and see how we can change it into a positive one to help their disease, disability, and all their layers of health. So smoking with RA has been classified as a serious risk factor for your health, it makes RA more severe. Smoking affects the individual with RA in many ways. Research has shown it creates oxidative stress, inflammation, <clears throat> autoimmune body inflammation, and epigenetic changes, including increased age of cells in the airway by 4.9 years and lung tissue by 4.3. RA creates inflammation and pain in your joints, and smoking increases the inflammation and pain. There you go, a double whammy. There are many well-researched and medical-based approaches you can use to cope with the urges of smoking and the stress that comes along with it. Make sure to practice relaxation techniques, such as box breathing. This is performed by taking in slow, deep breaths and releasing them in a controlled manner. The act of controlling your breathing significantly reduces stress and increases performance and concentration. This allows you to take some time to think about your decisions and locate your stress, to come up with an adequate solution but <clears throat> that does not involve smoking. Another coping mechanism is exer exercising an adequate, an adequate amount. The recommendations according to ACSM are 150 minutes of moderate intensity or 75 minutes of vigorous intensity related to cardiovascular exercise. It is also recommended by ACSM to participate in strength training for each major muscle group two times per week. However, knowing that people who suffer from RA and smoke are at a higher chance of developing osteoporosis, the research suggests increasing weight-bearing exercise above the general guidelines recommended to promote better bone density and help prevent osteoporosis. Exercise sends out natural feel-good chemicals like dopamine. This will reduce stress and help you <clears throat> be put into a healthier and more positive mood. It's also a good idea to focus on what is happening now in your life and to not to get caught up in the past and future. This will allow you to not create stress from things you cannot change. As you can see, having a bad behavior, a negative one, like smoking, will definitely have an impact on your disease or disability. That's why I thought it would be important to touch up on, a, on it and provide coping mechanisms for you to change that behavior into a positive one. Now, we're going to talk about a workout program that was created for someone with rheumatoid arthritis, as well as a smoking intervention after this based upon the research of the seven dimensions of health we just discussed. So first, for an exercise program for anyone, but especially for one with rheumatoid arthritis, we're going to want them <clears throat> to warm up for 10 minutes. Pick exercises that increase range of motion. Doing a, lot, doing a total body warm-up will help aid in injury prevention. This is simple dynamic stretches, forward and back leg swings, side to side leg swings, small to large arm circles, lateral flexion for spine, trunk rotations, ankle presses, rolls, um, <clears throat> and rolling your shoulders. 
With this, you want to start with um, a small range of motion and steadily increase the range of motion until you're performing the full range of motion at the end of each <coughs> rep range. This is important because people with RA are very stiff, their joints, they have pain, so you want to loosen their body up nice and slowly before they get into more vigorous exercise. Then we want a little bit of more of a warm-up, a warm-up walk, two laps, nice and easy warm-up to get the blood flowing before the workout. This can be around a track, on a bike, even in the pool if they really want to get in the pool and then get out after. So the first exercise, I mean when you're creating an exercise program, you need to touch on the five primary movements. Push, pull, single leg, bend and lift, and rotation. Now for the push exercise, we did a medicine ball push throw with a medicine ball slam. This is while standing with your feet above your shoulders with apart and your knees slightly bent, take a medicine ball and put it in front of your chest, then throw the medicine ball ahead of you to your partner. <clears throat> the next exercise is a pull, a lat pull down. This exercise is like a seated pull up. Grab the bar with your hands a little more than shoulder width apart. Make sure your scapula is retracted and pull the bar toward your chest with your chest up. This is two to three sets and eight to 12 reps. Every exercise in this program is gonna be two to three sets and eight to 12 reps. The next exercise is the bend and lift. It's a deadlift with a medicine ball. While hinging at your hips and keeping your back flat, reach down and grab the medicine ball and stand back up into the normal standing position. The next exercise is a warrior's pose. While standing in a normal lunge position with your leg at 30 to 40 degrees, extend your other leg behind you with your toes facing to the side, then extend your arms to the sides of your body. The last exercise is rotation. This is an isolated side band hold. While having a band hooked to something off to the side or someone holding it, hold the band out in front of you while facing parallel to the band. You need to hold this for 10 to 15 seconds and then switch each side for a total of two to three sets. Lastly, you need a cool down. Walk on a treadmill or track for 5 to 10 minutes. Nice and easy walk so the blood does not pull. This is a great way to cool down from a workout. Now since this is a podcast, you can't really see the exercises I'm saying. And you're probably wondering, what what is the reason for these exercises? I don't understand how it connects to a person with rheumatoid arthritis. Well, now I'm about to tell you the rationale for exercise prescription for the person with rheumatoid arthritis. The first exercise we described was a medicine ball standing throw with a slam. I chose this exercise because it's important to work the major muscles of the body. This client has a very sedentary lifestyle and almost always is sitting. Her chest is going to be really tight and weak because she's always in a slouched over position. The exercise will help strengthen her interior muscles and help her posture. Lat pull down. The pull exercise is next. I chose this exercise because like I said before, the client is sitting all day and since her chest is super tight and weak and always slouched, this means on the posterior side of her body, her back muscles like her lats, rhomboids, and posterior deltoids are going to be very stretched out and weak. This will cause her to have more back problems or pain down the road as well as help contribute to her bad posture and make her harder to move. This exercise will strengthen these muscles and in return help her move easier and help her fix her posture. <clears throat> Next exercise was a bend and lift, a deadlift with a medicine ball. 
I chose this exercise because deadlifts are all around good full body exercise. This mainly focuses on the hamstrings and glutes, and that is the two major muscles of the body. Our client would like to be able to get up and move around the ground easier. This is a common goal of people with rheumatoid arthritis because they can't move that easily. If she does this exercise, it will help her get closer to the ground over time. It would also help her strengthen her core, mid to low, <coughs> lower back muscles, as well as the major lifters of this movement, the glutes and hamstrings. By strengthening and getting more control over the muscles, she will have an easier time making it onto the ground and getting back up over time. Next exercise <coughs> was warrior's pose. I chose this exercise because it works on balance, coordination, and the core. This is very important with people with rheumatoid arthritis because they can't move. They may have poor balance and poor coordination. Therefore, this exercise is great for them. It also strengthens those lower leg muscles like the glutes and the hamstrings. This exercise will help her work the major muscles in the body that help her with balance and coordination as well as her lower leg muscles that help her that will help her make it to the floor over time. This exercise is very important because it will help her <coughs> with all around balance and movement. In the end, she will be able to move more comfortably. Now, the last exercise is rotation, a band lateral resistant hold. I chose this exercise because it also works balance and coordination because of the resistance band pulling your body in the other direction. It also will help strengthen her core muscles like the obliques. These muscles are important for balance and if strengthened will help her have more control over her body and be less prone to falls. Core is also the center foundation of the body. That's why it's important to strengthen it. Now, since I told you about the exercise program, I said we're going to talk about a smoking intervention program. First, we're going to talk about the barriers of quitting smoking. Since we know why smoking is bad for people with rheumatoid arthritis and bad for people in general. Some barriers that people may find with smoking, they believe that the damage was done. That it doesn't matter anymore. They, they did the damage. Why, why stop? The next is believe that the smoking sensation attempt will not be successful. They have low self-efficacy. Failure to believe that smoking had damaged one's health, lack of knowledge, and the fact that nicotine is highly addictive, and the fact that smoking has been a lifelong habit, <laughs> and the concern about the use of nicotine replacement therapy. These are all barriers. It stops them. It hinders them from changing this behavior to a positive one. Next is perceived costs associated with stopping smoking. <laughs> This is the loss of enjoyment and pleasure associated with smoking, loss of perceived stress reduction, relaxation element associated with their smoking, and loss of the boredom relieving qualities of smoking. <coughs> Excuse me. And also weight gain. These are barriers that they created, their perceived costs. Someone may smoke because it reduces their stress. They stop smoking, they feel like that's something that's not going to reduce their stress anymore because they're not doing it. They're going to find something else that's going to make them want to continue smoking. Now, cues to actions to change the behavior. This could be if they get <clears throat> education and knowledge on health problems. This can be from health professionals, the input of health professionals, going to the doctor's offices, and also having good family pressure and encouragement to change their behavior. And also just seeing like the cost of cigarettes and how much they spend. Now, in conclusion, for smoking intervention, overall, as you can tell from the research, smoking is not good for your period and is especially not good for someone with rheumatoid arthritis. It can, it can increase the chance of developing rheumatoid arthritis if you don't have it, but it can also increase the symptoms of someone who does. This can include inflammation as well as joint pain and smoking, 
will also hinder your ability to be physically active. That's why it's very important for someone with rheumatoid arthritis that wants to increase their ability to perform activities of daily living to stop smoking. As you can see in the above tables and the research, individuals who smoke have a lot of barriers when it comes to quitting smoking. Some may include social support, lack of knowledge about smoking as well as resources to quit, low self-esteem, low self-efficacy. It's important when you are trying to approach to quit smoking that you take a look at the barriers and come up with positive solutions for them. For example, checking out the CDC for information on smoking so you can get more educated. You can also surround yourself with a social support system like positive friends and family. This will help you have positive feedback from people you care about. Next is perceived cost of quitting smoking. There are reasons the smoker creates these that they would lose if they quit smoking. One example is when they quit smoking, they might not have the coping mechanism that they use to reduce stress and calm down. A good strategy is to replace smoking as a stress reducer with something else that reduces your stress. This could be reading a book, gardening, going for a walk, or whatever positive behavior that lowers your stress. The goal is to replace smoking with that be positive behavior. Lastly, <clears throat> is going over the cues of action that will help and want to quit smoking. This could be adding up the cost of cigarettes, how much it cost them per day, month, or year. Another good idea is to talk to a doctor and get their opinion on smoking as well as the risks associated with it. Doctors will also provide resources to help you quit. And lastly, a very good cue to action is to have it's a support system like families and friends. When it comes down to quitting smoking, it's not easy, but if you follow the Follow all the steps I told you above and look at the research and walk through each step of this intervention. You'll be well on your way to becoming a more healthier version of you. Now, the overall conclusion, what was this podcast about? Why does it matter? Well, I talked about <clears throat> disease and diseases and exercise prescription and poor behaviors like smoking. After going through my research on type 2 diabetes, cerebral palsy, and rheumatoid arthritis, I've come to the conclusion that to build an appropriate exercise program, you need to understand how these diseases affect the seven dimensions of health by looking at social, spiritual, mental, occupational, financial, environmental, and physical health, you'll be able to come up with an appropriate exercise program that only supports and increases their physical health, but all other aspects as well. I believe that this is very important because if someone has more support in every aspect of their life, as well as the seven dimensions of health, <coughs> they will be more likely to participate in positive behavior change. And by creating a workout program this way, you're ensuring that they have all, all the support systems they need available to them, and in return, they can increase their health and life in all levels. I hope this podcast has helped you understand why the seven dimensions of health is very important for exercise prescription and how it affects, how diseases and disabilities affects the seven dimensions of health and how that will affect you and just your daily life. Um, thank you for listening and I hope you guys listen next time. Thank you.